the Relationship Center. I'm psychotherapist, couples counselor, and dating coach, Jessica Engel. And this is I Love You Too, a show about how to create and sustain meaningful relationships. I'm dating and relationship coach, Josh Van Vliet. On today's episode, we're going to talk about all of the ins and outs of online dating. We're so happy you're here. And please remember that this show is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. and welcome, dear listener. We are so excited that you're joining us today for our first episode in what will it be at least a two-part series, maybe three, we'll see, all about online dating. We're going to be diving into questions like, what are the odds of online dating apps working? And why aren't you getting matches? Or how can you get better matches? We'll be drawing upon both our personal and professional experience as well as research to answer all of these questions, all with the aim to help you Get set up for success with online dating. Yes, very exciting topic. Before we get started, if you love our show, well, we love you too. And we want to be in touch between episodes. To get more free dating, relationship, and social anxiety advice, please go to relationshipcenter.com slash newsletter. Okay, on with the show. All right. So we're going to start with what are the odds of online dating apps working? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is it even worth it? I hear. Should we bother? Question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or is this a waste of my time? An addictive rabbit hole from which I will never escape. Yes. Yes. So we're going to go over some stats for online dating. A lot of it's going to come from Pew Research throughout this episode. We will link you to a couple of really great studies in the show notes. So let's take a look first at what Pew Research says about how common it is to use online dating and also to find a relationship through online dating. We're assuming you, dear listener, are seeking a healthy long-term relationship, both because that's what we talk a lot about on this show and because according to some reports, 70, 80% of singles are looking for something that lasts. And it's on the upper end of that range if you are a younger single, actually, which I think a lot of people would be surprised by. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So we're assuming that for you, when you're, if you are asking what are the odds of dating apps working, you mean finding a committed long-term relationship. And let's just start with a very basic stat. About 23% of U.S. singles reported that they had gone on at least one date with someone they met through online dating. So one out of four has not just online dated, but gone on a date. Okay. Okay. A good start. That's a pretty good start. And then 10% of adults who are married, living with a partner, or in a committed romantic relationship met their current significant other through a dating site or app. Okay, one in 10. The odds are even better for lesbian, bisexual, and gay individuals and adults under 30. So one in five partnered adults under 30 met their current spouse on a dating site. And a quarter of partnered lesbian, gay, bisexual adults met online. We should also note that online dating app use is on the rise. So back in 2013, only one in 10 had ever used online dating. And in a recent study, I think this one was from 2019, they found that three in 10 have used online dating. Mm -hmm. So quite an increase, and that is only going to keep going up. Yeah. So... 
Oh, and one more stat, actually. A Stanford University survey of 5,421 heterosexual U.S. couples found that in 2017, 39% had met via online dating. Wow. Which was up from 2% in 1995. Yeah. So my takeaway from that, at least, is it's a decent way to find somebody if you're looking for a long-term partner. I think that is a wonderful takeaway, and I would I would personally just expect that all these stats you're hearing, it's only going to increase over time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. It's I think it's really interesting to hear these statistics because I know for a lot of people the experience of online dating can often be a lot of not what they want. Yes, and it can feel like this you know, hellish rabbit hole where you're just swiping and going on dates that aren't exciting and you're not really making a lot of progress towards what you really want. And yet dating is the kind of thing that in some ways it only takes one. Right. You know, you really, you know, for people who are looking for monogamous relationship, at least you're only looking for one long-term partner. Right. And so you can go through a lot of not success before you find success. And these stats are very, I think, at least for me, reassuring. It's like, yeah, a lot of people are finding long-term relationships from online dating and going on to have successful relationships from it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a great point. The way that I've put it in the past is dating sometimes can feel like an all-winning or all-losing game. Yeah, You're losing, 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 losing until you win. You know, it's not really a winning or losing thing, but I think you get what I mean. Yeah. But this research is really confirming you can hold on to hope. There's a a lot of possibility for meeting someone online. Mm -hmm. So you might, in some ways, this might already start to answer the next natural question of like, is it worth it to date online? Um, You know, this is one important point of it's at least possible to find a successful relationship from dating online. Yes. It's good to know that. Absolutely. There are some other things that you might want to consider as well when you're thinking about whether it's worth it for you personally to date online. Because I think this is a very personal question, right? It's different for each person, whether it's worth it. Um, and, you know, in addition to what you just shared in terms of statistics, I'll share a couple more statistics in a moment. But I think first it's helpful to zoom out and look at how do you like to connect with people, right? What tends to help you feel comfortable and relaxed enough to connect? And for me personally, when I was dating, I really liked online dating because it was a context in which I knew people were explicitly looking for a romantic connection. For me as an introvert, going up to people in bars was not an approach that worked well for my system and for my, you know, what I was looking for. And, And so knowing like, okay, these are all people who are looking for a romantic relationship. We're kind of exploring the same thing. We can, you know, connect. We can learn a little bit about each other. That worked really well for me. For some people, it works really well to meet people in person, right? It helps to, you know, meet somebody at an event, at a, you know, a friend's dinner party, whatever it might be, where you can get a sense of their energy immediately. You can build a connection in person before even exploring developing a romantic relationship. Uh, And so consider for yourself what tends to work best for you. And it's not an either or. Right. Right. A good dating strategy might include some of both. 
Yes, I was going to say that was my approach uh, back when I was dating was I was meeting a lot of people, particularly through social dancing mm. and then also online dating, which is where you and I met. Yeah. Uh, and that worked really well for me. I'm, I'm slightly less introverted than you. And it was a great balance. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to name for some people, online dating just drains their spirit right? Just, you just feel terrible after doing it. You just don't want to do it. And for, if that's you, it might just not be the right approach for you, right? Because again, if we're thinking about where are you going to be energized, where are you going to be relaxed and excited to connect with people, that's going to give you the best chance of your, your future partner being able to recognize you, right? When you're being, you know, who you are with people. If online dating is in that place, that's okay. There are other places to meet people. So I just want to, if you have some anxiety about missing out or something, right, you don't have to be on online dating. Absolutely. That's such a beautiful point. And I love the emphasis on go where your spirit sort of lights up. Mm -hmm. uh, that's going to be the most attractive in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I'll mention is a little bit more on the strategic side of things, thinking about where are the people that you most want to date likely to be. And so some of them may be on dating apps. And uh, this requires thinking about who is your ideal partner. We've got a great guide for starting to think about this. It's something we guide our clients through a lot. And you can check out the episode about that. But think about who you're truly looking for in a partner and where are they likely to spend time, hang out, be looking for a romantic partner if they're looking as well, right? And we'll talk a little bit more about that later in terms of apps and what apps you might want to be on, things like that. The other thing I'll just name in terms of is it worth it to date online is, uh, as we've kind of talked about a little bit about already, a lot of people are dating online, right? So if you're looking for where your people are going to be, they might very well be online. Um, in that 2022 Pew Research study, they said of the adults who are single and looking, 45% have used a dating site or app within the past year including 28% who are currently using them at the time of the study. So that's, you know, a good amount of people. Uh, and as you said, the numbers go up for the younger generation, mm -hmm. as well as folks who are lesbian, gay, bi, right? That's a good way for, for folks. If you have a smaller pool to connect with, apps, things like that are especially helpful to find people. And as you mentioned, the other thing is a good amount of people on the online dating apps are looking for something long-term. And that I think sometimes goes against the stereotype of hookup apps, right? You're just looking for a casual relationship, casual sex, right? Some people are, for sure, but not everybody. And there's a lot of people who are actually looking for something long-term. The other thing I do think it's important to consider, though, as you're thinking about online dating is a lot of people report experiencing unwanted behaviors, mm. whether it's on online dating apps or dating websites. And this also came out in the 2022 Pew Research study where 48% of people experienced at least one of four unwanted behaviors that they were surveying about, which could include things like receiving unsolicited sexual messages or images, experiencing unwanted continued contact, being called an offensive name, or being physically threatened. That last one was the smallest percentage, but it's real, right? It's mm -hmm. there. And it's worth knowing. And especially women under 50 experience this. So I don't say this to scare people, but it's you, I think it's important to have a clear-eyed look at what are the risks and rewards, right? What are the things that I might experience 
if I'm dating online and if you're already dating online, this probably isn't going to come as a surprise. You may have already experienced this given the numbers that we're looking at here. And the chances are, no matter how you're dating, there's going to be some discomfort and possible risk involved, right? Meeting people at bars or in other public places, there's a different kind of risk. And so it's important to look at what are the risks and benefits of each of the different options that I'm exploring and deciding what works best for you. And it doesn't have to be all or nothing, right? You might find a level of online dating use that works for you. For example, limiting the amount of time on the apps to like 15 minutes a day, right? So you're not going into that swiping hole where you're, you know, wake up two hours later and what happened to my life? And then, you know, supplementing with meeting people in person. So I'm taking from what you're saying, Josh, that it can be worth it to date online. Absolutely. And it, it really also comes back to who you, dear listener, are as an individual, what really works for you, considering the, the pros and cons. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yep. So I know a question that we get a lot is, what apps should I be on? Yes. Right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> this is a great question. And let's just first uh, describe the two different types of dating apps or sites. Okay. So we've got swipe-based apps. These are things like Tinder was the original. Bumble and Hinge are also swipe-based apps. They're sort of easier to set up than the other type of app, which are algorithm-based apps, things like Match.com, OkCupid, eHarmony. So these swipe-based apps, they are easier to set up, but they can encourage a superficial approach to dating because you are swiping through a lot of pictures very quickly. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do, as you mentioned earlier, Josh, associate dating apps with kind of a hookup dating culture. That said, there are a lot of people who do meet long-term partners on the swipe-based apps, yep. right? Algorithm-based apps, as I mentioned, Match.com, OkCupid, eHarmony, these are considered a, quote, more scientific approach to matchmaking where they are calculating a compatibility score often based on a lot of questions that you've answered, okay? These are sometimes considered more associated with long-term relationships, there is sort of a higher barrier to entry. They're more time-consuming to set up, which may skew the pool towards people who are more interested in a relationship with substance, depth. But no matter where you are in the dating world, whether you're online, offline, on a swipe-based app or algorithm-based app, there's opportunities for all kinds of dating experiences. You're going to find <laughs> people who want long-term relationships on Tinder, and you're going to find people who are not looking for something very serious on, say, Match.com. Mm -hmm. So I think it... Uh, just keep that in mind. I really recommend generally considering trying one of each type of app, mm. right? Both for variety and different pools of people potentially and to really assess what you prefer. In terms of choosing like which app or site to use, one kind of basic or valid strategy is to identify which apps are most popular, right? And have a right. larger user base. So let's look at that. Some percentages or uh, this list of um, most popular apps in order. Number one is Tinder. Number two, Match. Three is Bumble. We go to OkCupid, eHarmony, Hinge. And then queer apps like Grindr and Her. And at the bottom of the list is a category called Other, and that one probably includes some apps like Plenty of Fish, Hilly, and BLK, which is the Dating for Black Singles app. 
Uh, one thing to note, if you are outside the US, Badu is a very, very popular app. So as I said earlier, the apps that I just named in order of popularity give you potentially a, a large dating pool, right? If, right? if that's your strategy, that's a fine one. You know, in, I think that dating in some ways is both a quality and a quantity problem. Mm-hmm. Or put another way, a numbers game and a... What's the, what's the corollary of a numbers game? Right. <laughs> uh, a numbers game and a discernment game? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Artisanal uh, discernment process. <laughs> That's not right. Look how, how up leveled that guy. <laughs> um, what I mean here is numbers, sheer numbers can be very important, but also getting in contact with people you'd actually like is right. just as important. The, the numbers don't make any difference if none of them are anywhere near the kind of person you're looking to date. Right. So I think this again comes back to are you clear on what you're looking for? In terms of a partner, do you have a sense of where they might be hanging out? If it is one of these larger apps, there's a good chance there's some people because of just the sheer numbers of it, right? There are also niche apps. I mentioned BLK. There's Field, which is for uh, people who are non-monogamous, looking to swing in other sort of alternative lifestyles. Um, And then there's uh, apps like Muzzmatch, where they're matching Muslim singles. People sometimes ask me, are those worthwhile? And generally I say they might be uh, because they could put you in touch with somebody who's a really great fit. That said, oftentimes these niche apps have a very small pool. And so I would really recommend that being a supplemental app to one or two other sort of larger apps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Brilliant. Great. One other thing to know is that different apps are favored differently according to your location. I was wondering about that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you and I actually went to a wedding last summer on the East Coast and we were like eagerly picking everyone's brains about which apps they were using. Yeah. And it was very different from yeah. the Bay Area. Yeah. It's it was like, fascinating. I think OkCupid was pretty much dead in, in Vermont. Right. But uh, what was it? I think Tinder and Hinge maybe? I think so. I yeah. Correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really interesting. So chat with other singles in your area to get a sense of what's popular regionally. And, you know, app details aside, we really recommend opting for the apps you are more likely to use. Coming back to what Josh was saying earlier, if you just really dislike an app, like I personally, the Tinder uh, sort of interface, not not my jam. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Tinder in general has a, a kind of vibe for me that did feel a little bit hookup culture-y mm-hmm. and didn't work for my system. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you feel that, then that's okay. There are plenty of other apps to try out. Yeah. I love this breakdown that you're giving of the the uh, swipe-based apps and the algorithm-based apps. Brilliant. Okay. 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 <laughs> so I have the next question for you, Josh, which is how many dating apps should I use at a time? Yeah, this is an important one. And the simple answer, very simple answer, as I'm going to say, is focus on one to three. And if you're just getting started, just start with one. And here's why. You want to make sure that you can successfully manage one app before you go on a bunch of apps. Because if you are on a bunch of apps, you get overwhelmed, you're not responding to messages, you know, someone has messaged you and you don't follow up until three months later. 
what kind of signal are you sending to other people about the kind of partner that you're going to be? Inconsistent, non-responsive, <laughs> flaky, right? That's not how you want to show up as a partner. So you want to start with one. Make sure that you are showing up consistently, you're checking it regularly, you're responding to messages, you're reaching out to people. And then if you feel good with that, then you might add in another one, right? And as you were talking about, right, you might want to start with one of the apps that's got a little bit of a broader user base as your kind of primary app, right? Maybe you're on Tinder or Hinge or OkCupid or Match or one of those. And then if there is a, a more niche app that you think might have some people you're excited about dating on it, Maybe add that one in once you feel you've got the first one under your belt. I think it's important to remember here, more is not necessarily better, right? You might think, oh, if I'm on all the apps, right, I'm going to have a greater chance. Not necessarily, especially if you're overwhelmed and then you stop checking them or you give up. So all of that said, again, start with one, maybe add in a second or third if you've really got the first one or two under, your, under control and choose the one that you like best. As you were saying, right, if Tinder doesn't, isn't your vibe, choose like a Cupid or Match or Hinge, right? Choose the one that you are going to enjoy the most using that you think has the best chance of having people that you're excited about dating on it and, uh, and then go with it. I love that. And I love the strategy of just starting with one and really fine tuning that because it's sort of, it combines like two things. One is just sort of like habit psychology, mm -hmm. yeah. right? We, if, we, if we really focus on one thing, we can really attend to it just more effectively and feel more motivated. And then also principles of secure functioning from the very beginning, mm. right? So if you are responding to matches soon after you match with them, keeping up with messages, you are just laying such a beautiful, strong foundation for a really secure relationship from the very start. Well said. <laughs> so along these lines, Jess, I know a question that we often get is, are there any dating apps that actually work for guys? Mm -hmm. And I think specifically these people are asking about men dating women. Yes. Because as research shows, in fact, there are more men on dating apps than women. And more of those people are looking to date women. Yes, that's right. So based on our team's experience, along with that stat that 10% of U.S. couples met through online dating, yes, there are dating apps <laughs> that work for guys. Yep. And if you are a man dating women looking for an app or sites with that better male-female ratio, research indicates that it, things are maybe more balanced on Match and eHarmony. Those are both algorithm-based sites, not apps. So isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. it, you know, men are actually more likely to say that casual sex is the reason that they're doing online dating. So it's possible that men are a little bit more attracted to those apps that are considered hookup apps. Right. So yeah, check out Match and eHarmony if you're really wanting that better ratio and lots of guys find female partners through sites even when the ratio is a little bit off. There's a lot of very uh, simple things you can do to stand out and to uh, really be seen as a quality partner pretty quickly and just keep listening to the rest of this episode and the next episode or two for all of those tips. So I think that the next question for you mm -hmm. josh yes and also for me yes 
is why am I not getting matches? This is one mm-hmm. we hear a lot. Or how do I get better matches? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, first off, it's worth saying that it's normal to not get a ton of matches. And this may not be what you want to hear, but I, I, I do think it's it's important to normalize, right? We I sometimes get sold the idea I'm going to get on an app and then all these people who want to date me are going to flood in. And when that doesn't happen, it's like, oh, wah, wah. Um, so normal not to get a ton of matches. And there are things you can do to get better matches and to get more matches. And we'll cover these kind of briefly right now. And we're going to go in a lot more depth in each of these areas in our next episode. So stay tuned for that. But we're going to kind of give you the overview right now. The first, this is going to seem obvious, but I'm going to say it because we don't always attend to it. It's your profile. Text and pictures, right? What are the prompts you're choosing? What are you saying in response to those prompts? What are the pictures you're choosing? What's your first picture? That makes a big difference. All of these things, you know, are how you're introducing yourself to people. And there are absolutely things you can do here to make yourself shine more on the dating apps. Absolutely. So yes, fill out your profile, number one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, at the very least, fill it out. (laughs) Yes. Hopefully using some strategy, but first step, fill it out. Yeah, it's surprising the number of people you see on dating apps with incomplete profiles. Yes, exactly. So when you're filling, filling it out, we do, as we've mentioned, want you to have a sense of what you're looking for in a partner and a relationship. And hopefully your profile really communicates that. So that would be number two. Great. The third piece then is filter and settings, Mm. right? So, and this is, goes very, very, um, closely with what we just named about getting clear about what you're looking for, right? Your filter and your settings are going to make a big difference on who you're seeing on the app, obviously. But what is maybe less obvious is if you have certain things that you think are important that you're limiting the pool by, you may miss somebody amazing because they are one year outside of your age range or one mile outside of your your radius, Great. So that's the third one, really making sure you're looking at your filters, making sure they're not too narrow. The next one would be to choose really high quality photos that very clearly show your face, your body, and your personality. We'll go into depth about really what that might include, but a hint, it does not include sunglasses and hats and grainy photos or selfies. Mm-mm. Okay. So you really want some very high quality photos where somebody can check you out. Okay. They can see, oh, this person's cute. Mm-hmm. I want to get to know this person. Mm-hmm. Without being confused about which one you are in that giant group. <laughs> if, they, if they have to squint to figure out, they're going <laughs> to swipe left pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Good. So we've got so far, fill out your profile, get clear on who you're looking for, check your settings, check your filters. Choose some good photos. Now we're going to talk about swiping. Now, this in some ways may seem obvious, right? If you're swiping on people, if you're not swiping on anybody, you're not likely to get very many matches. But also, if you're swiping on everyone, you're not likely to get very many matches. Let's think about why that might be. Now, we don't know how the dating app algorithms 
work specifically, right? We don't have the inside there. But let's just think about it. If you're swiping right on everybody, it shows you don't have a lot of discernment. You're not really actually looking for something specific. You're not, you don't have any criteria that you're looking for. You're just kind of like somebody, a warm body. <laughs> and uh, you're not really engaging in, I don't know what the right way to put this is, in good faith in the, mm-hmm. in the process, right? It's like, if you're just going to say yes to everybody, I don't know that I would trust to introduce you to somebody that I think might be awesome. Right. It's like, we're not sure if you're a bot. Yeah. (laughs) Are you a a real person? (laughs) Unclear. (laughs) So, yeah, you want to be, and I think, you know, some of the the guidance out there is like swiping right on somewhere in the middle, right? 30 to 70% of people. Now you don't have to track your things and get all wonky on it unless you really enjoy that but just kind of have that as a general guideline you're authentically looking for people that you're excited about connecting with and that's not going to be 100% of people and it's not going to be nobody and if it's nobody we'll have a different conversation about that that's a separate thing check our last podcast episode (laughs) beautiful so make sure that you are swiping on some but not all people is the next one then And I would also join with that when you are matching, message those you match with promptly. Again, it's like it's telling the app, I'm active, I'm a person. And it's also, you know, just good relationship practice. Mm -hmm. Well, so my next tip also is to, in your profile, don't just talk about like your hobbies or your career. Mm -hmm. Really go deeper. Share about your values, your dreams, your emotions, your vision for partnership, that alone will really allow you to stand out in the crowd. Yeah, that's huge. Huge. I, kn- I, I remember when I was online dating, I could really tell when somebody had put some thought into what they're looking for and shared that in the profile. I could see pretty quickly, oh yeah, I might be that person. Or, oh yeah, I have a similar vision for partnership. Yeah, I want that too. Cool. Let's let's explore this further. Then when somebody's like, I like baseball and tacos and beer. <laughs> and it's like, cool. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's great. And it doesn't give me a sense of what it will be like to be a partner with you, right? Other than like we might go get beer at the baseball game. Right, right. Beer and tacos and baseball is something that you might enjoy with a friend. Mm-hmm without any other sort of substantive information, it doesn't allow you to start to form that heart-to-heart connection that an intimate relationship is really about. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so just two more tips, high level for online dating. One with your profiles, you can incorporate some humor and be the youest you you can be. I like that way of putting it, <laughs> the youest you. <laughs> Yeah, get specific, be vulnerable, highlight your quirks and your deal breakers in a positive way, which is an art, and we will talk about that. But really just allow yourself to be the youest you so that you do stand out and so that your person easily recognizes you. Don't try to be that generic person that will appeal to everyone. I think the thing to remember about this is, in some ways, this might not get you more matches, actually. This might get you fewer matches, But that's not a bad thing. Yes. This is going to get you more of the matches that are actually good for you. 
rather than I, I remember hearing a, a, a story about uh, I think it was a podcast episode about somebody who was online dating who just kind of put the very generic like, you know, normal height white guy with generic interest in his profile and he got a ton of matches and none of them were very good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, exactly. Is that better? Do you want that? No, you want matches that are likely to want you. So I love this being the youest you you can be. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, so another question that's worth looking at, Josh, is how can I avoid getting catfished or scammed or duped in online dating? Yeah. I mean, this is part of like, how do I do this well and and minimize the risk, right? How do I stay safe at the heart of this while using dating apps, right? Because as we mentioned, there are risks. Um, and I think there are a couple of different kinds of risks that we could actually break down in here. Uh, one is this, as you mentioned, like sc- catfished, scammed, right? The financial scams that sometimes show up in online dating. This is often a concern for, for older folks dating who maybe are less familiar with dating apps, uh, don't have the experience. I think folks who are younger, it's maybe a little bit easier for them to recognize some of the hallmarks because having grown up in this environment. Right. They're digital natives. They're digital natives. Mm. And so there's that piece, right? There's the concern about being scammed. And there's also, of course, just the safety concern of I'm meeting a strange person. I don't know this person. I've never met them. You know, we don't have a a friend connecting us. Um, And so wanting to make sure that you have a reasonable expectation that you're going to be safe, that they're going to be who they say they are going to be uh, if you meet them in person. And so I, I think there are these are kind of two different but related things to worth worth talking about here. I think the first thing to to talk about uh, in terms of avoiding getting catfished and scammed is just doing a little bit of research, right? Uh, you could search their name online, look up their socials. Do they seem like a real person? Do, like, do they have you know some posts? Do they have friends? Um, if you want to get really you know, kind of into it, you could do a reverse image search on their photos and see what comes up. Is it, a, is it a stock photo? Right. And, you know, if you, if you hear me saying like this research piece and it's like, Oh, is that a little stalkery? It's like, I hear you. And especially for, I think women dating men, there's a different kind of safety concern. It is just statistically more likely that they're going to be at risk for violence of various kinds. And so it's just a good safety precaution to kind of know or at least have a reasonable idea if you're meeting somebody in person, who is this person? Along with this, in order to avoid being scammed or catfished, is move towards a phone call or a video date quickly, right? This is a good way to tell, is this a real person? If they show up on video, you can see them kind of weeds out the the scammers who are just looking to get your bank information. This other piece that I'll, I'll say, this may go without saying, but I'll say it anyway, just in case. Pace disclosure of personal information, right? Especially if you're messaging with somebody you haven't met yet before in person or on video. Don't share financial information, right? Even if they tell you a great story about why they really just need hundred bucks for the plane flight to come visit you or something. That is not a good way to start the relationship. Uh, and it, it is usually, usually a scam. They're mm-hmm. usually trying to just get your, get your money and split. 
And if you, if you ever have a question, slow down and talk to somebody you trust. I think that's just a great practice period in dating. If something feels off and you're not sure if this is good or not, call on a friend you trust. Call on your, your therapist, you know, their dating expert therapist, coach, right? Just get somebody's outside opinion who can be like, okay, cool, let's check this out. And the last thing I'll, I'll mention is be suspicious if someone repeatedly fails to show up for a date and gives some seemingly good excuse, right? It's like, oh, we we're going to meet for tea, but they had a last minute work meeting and that happened again and a third time. It's like, okay, that is usually a sign that they're not really there for what you're looking for. Is there anything that you would add to this? I would just add to the piece about like looking someone up in the reverse image search. I think it's, you made such great points in there. And what I heard and what you were saying is that the positionality is important and thinking about, is this kind of like stalkery or not? Mm -hmm. Right. It's like, am I doing this for a safety issue versus like I had dating experiences where, oh, somehow somebody that I dated and cut things off with found my work email address and was like, emailing me there and I definitely didn't ever tell them where I worked. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's like, because I'm a woman, right. it's a very different thing. Absolutely. And it also really matters on what you do with that information. Absolutely. I would also recommend, you know, I think there, there are moments to maybe playfully divulge like, Oh no, I actually did look you up, mm -hmm. but I think you need to be really careful about that. Um, I mean, I think you playfully divulged to me, Yes. That you looked me up. Yes. We <laughs> I don't even remember. Tell me, how did I do that? I, you know, I don't remember specifically, but I know that you, you we talked about it at some point. Yeah. And you had looked me up and I hadn't looked you up. And I was like, right. eh, whatever. Which I think shows the positionality, right? Yes. As you were saying, I didn't, as a straight white guy, right? I did not have a lot of concern that you were going to be a danger to me. Right. For you, you had to be a little more cautious. Yes. Very, very uh, wisely, mm -hmm. right? So... I think that's a really good point. And I really hope this goes without saying, but to what you were just saying about somebody, you know, contacting you on your work email that you definitely had not given them, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you listening to this, you know this, right? I, I'm, But just don't do that. <laughs> if there's somebody who is listening and didn't know that. <laughs> just in case. Um, yeah. Oh... Very good. Thank you for going over the the sort of safety piece. I think that's really important yeah. with online dating. Yeah. Okay. So you may have gotten to this point in the episode, dear listener, and you're like, okay, you know what? I've weighed the pros and cons. I think it's worth it for me to do some online dating. I've thought some about uh, how I want to present myself. I've maybe begun to fill out my profile. And now it's like, okay, how much time should I be spending on this? If I'm looking for a long-term relationship, like, do I need to be doing this for like three hours every day or is like once a week enough? What should I be doing here? Mm -hmm. Great question. As you might imagine, there isn't a black and white answer. Wait, I just question. want, no, no, no. I want, I just want <laughs> how many minutes for how, what period of time? There's an answer for that, right? <laughs> I mean, I think there are actually people who've calculated, uh, I think it was something like, most people need to spend an hour a day swiping for eight months to find their partner. And if they're a man, <laughs> it's 10 months. Um, as, as you can probably tell by my tone, I don't, you don't put a lot of stock like in. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, so let's first chat about how much time to spend on dating as a whole. Mm. I think it's good to kind of zoom out. Right. Because uh, online dating is probably one part of your strategy. And even if it is most of your strategy, dating will involve other things like meeting people in person, and hopefully more than once. Absolutely. Or, or going to events in real life. Yes. So the thing that I like to encourage people to think about is how much time will you spend with a partner once you're in a relationship? Mm. And can you carve out that much time for dating overall? Keeping in mind, as we said, that it, that doesn't mean you need to be spending whatever it is, 10 hours a week swiping, Mm-hmm. right? That can be part of it, but you could also be going on dates. You could be going to singles events. You could be going to therapy. Anything that you might reasonably consider a step forward along that path to finding your person. Going to an improv class. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Taking pottery. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so in terms of online dating, I recommend spending at least a little time each day moving the ball forward on any active matches or messaging threads. So mm-hmm. coming back to be the responsive partner that you want to be in your long-term relationship from the very, very beginning and see if you can just block off a little bit of time to just make sure you've attended to every relationship that's forming. If there's something that needs attending to, uh, you may also want to set aside time to swipe daily provided you don't have uh, a few connections already forming. And what I mean by that is we can only hold so many things in our memory at a time. Mm-hmm. Some uh, dating experts do recommend s- you stop swiping once you're exploring connections with nine people maximum. Okay. <laughs> Sounds like a lot to me, but yes. but for some people that is a good number. For yes. Sure. Yeah. And so your number could definitely be less than that. Nine is sort of the max number of items we can hold in our right mind at one time. Uh, so you want to tune into what your capacity is. Uh, we do discuss that a little bit more in our online dating burnout episode. So be sure to check that one out. Now, how much time you spend on online dating will vary day to day, week to week, depending on what your online dating efforts turn up, right? So the amount of time that you've allocated for dating as a whole Hopefully, the more you're swiping and messaging and whatnot, more of that time is going towards just going on dates, dates. Yep. right? So you will want it to be flexible um, so long as you are moving things forward in a way that is respectful to the people that you're connecting with. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what else on this? Remember that the apps, we don't, again, know how the apps work. We would be much richer if we did. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of a mystery. And we know their businesses. We know that they want users who are engaged. And so if you are an engaged user who treats their other users well uh, and interacts with their users relatively frequently, then you're going to be sort of favored by the app in, in my sort of hypothesis at least. Mm-hmm. So all of that is just to say staying active on the apps is a great signal to the app to connect you with other people who are active. Now, one other thing to consider in terms of how much time to spend is self-care and online dating burnout, mm-hmm. right? What is the amount of time that you might spend that's going to be sustainable and enjoyable? Okay, this is a marathon, not a race. 
So for myself, uh, when I was online dating, spending more than 15 minutes a day made me feel kind of gross. Kind of like I feel sometimes when I like scroll too much on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you may need to also limit the time you spend as an act of self-care using like I needed actually an accountability buddy. So a friend that I could text before and after I swiped to make sure that I wasn't doing more than 15 minutes because those apps are addictive, y'all. They're mm-hmm. designed to keep you on them. Yes. So I know for me, it was really helpful to have somebody I could just report to to sort of keep me accountable mm-hmm. to that 15-minute limit. And that's the other side of this. If you're, if you're wondering how much time you should spend because you actually find yourself getting sucked into the apps for long periods... I really encourage you to mindfully observe at what amount of online dating time spent you start to feel poorly Mm -hmm. in your body. So Mm -hmm. this is going to take some mindfulness and figure out a way to stop before that point. Again, they are addictive apps, so you may need to use sort of accountability buddies or alarms or um, there's apps that can block you out of certain apps after a certain amount of time. So don't feel ashamed to get some support around curbing how much you're swiping in a day. Yeah, have some compassion for yourself if you if you do get into that multiple hour swiping binge and then wake up and feel terrible. Because as we've been saying, addictive, right? So be kind to yourself and then have your buddy come over next time you're swiping and take your phone away after 15 minutes mm-hmm. if that's what you need or whatever it might be. Great. Do you have any more thoughts? I'm thinking maybe we should try and like summarize. Mm, a summary. Summary. I like it. So I'll start. Great. What are the what are the odds of dating apps working? Pretty good, basically. Mm-hmm. And is it worth it to date online? Yeah. I mean, you think about it for yourself. Consider all the factors we named. What works for you? Where do you feel comfortable, right? Uh, where, where are the people that you want to meet likely to be? And weigh the risks and rewards of the different dating strategies. Beautiful. In terms of which apps to be on, there's a lot of really great ones out there. Uh, top three are Tinder, Match, and Bumble. You can get more granular on uh, different apps depending on whether you are a man or under 30. You know, Tinder often shows up on those lists with Match showing up frequently as well as Bumble and Hinge. You know, I'll just throw in one more thing that I didn't say earlier about that in terms of which apps to be on. Also, just consider what's the app that works best for you? Because I know for me, when I was dating, I tried Tinder, I tried Hinge, I tried I think Coffee Meets Bagel was one at the time, uh, I tried Bumble, and OkCupid. That was the one where I consistently got matches. So that was the one I used. Right. And in our area, I think OkCupid was really popular, I would say, like about 10 years ago. Yep. And now it's people are like, OkCupid. What? You're still on OkCupid? What? That was so 10 years ago. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Good. And so back to our summary. Yes. <laughs> um, how many dating apps should I use? One to three. Start with one. Maybe add a second if you're ready. Mm-hmm. How do I get better matches? Lots of different things. Really engage intentionally with your profile and your pictures and your messaging. Mm. And listen to our next episode for more tips. Yep. And uh, what can I do to avoid getting scammed? How can I stay safe on online dating? 
do a little research. Don't send your bake details through a message on <laughs> Unhinge. Slow it down if you need to. Talk to a friend and get to a date quickly so you can tell if they're a real person. Great. And lastly, how much time should you spend on online dating? It's going to depend on what you need and what season of dating you're in. And I recommend spending a little bit of time each day attending to any connections that are already forming. Boom. Boom, baby. We did it. <laughs> Online so. dating overview complete. <laughs> I don't know what that sound was. <laughs> Robot dating coach engage. <laughs> Identify ideal partner. I don't know what's happening right now. Okay, we are clearly done with this episode. We should wrap it up. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, that's all for today. You can find the show notes with links to all the resources we mentioned in this episode at relationshipcenter.com slash podcast. And if you loved today's show, go to relationshipcenter.com slash newsletter. We will send you a short, helpful email once a month with informative articles, silly videos, book recommendations, and more. Again, that is relationshipcenter.com slash newsletter. Until next time. We love you too. We love you too. Bye. Dating coach. Powering down. <laughs> 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 <laughs>